It's time to Raise the Roof for our 83rd episode. Welcome back, everyone, to this latest episode of Raise the Roof. Right now, it is me and Bree. We do have a special guest, so I'm going to introduce him in just a second. He's a familiar face of the podcast, uh, if you guys have been listening for a while, so uh, stay tuned when I introduce him. We have a couple things to talk about on this podcast. Unfortunately, some bad stuff, more recent games uh, with the Rays and some of the injuries, one of those being Wander Franco. Hopefully, he won't be out for that long, but we'll see what happens. Uh, we're going to talk about the Boston Sears. We're going to talk about tonight's game against the Tigers which didn't go well play whatever the hell else is going on in the AL East which is you know who knows the Rays have a large lead we'll see what else happens with the other three teams because the Orioles aren't factoring in at all bullpen struggles other stuff going on in baseball Shohei just hit his 44th home run and you guys know this is a Shohei Otani podcast uh as much as this is a Rays podcast so we'll obviously talk about Shohei for a little bit before we start, if you guys want to follow what we're doing here, Raise the Roof, Raise the Roof TV on social media, RaiseTheRoofTV.com. Uh, Twitch channel, Raise the Roof Twitch. We just had our first Twitch stream in a little bit. Raise the Roof on YouTube. And just this podcast, continue to follow us as you guys have been doing. Without further ado, let's introduce our special guest. He is the managing editor at D-Race Bay. Uh, you know him. You've probably seen him on social media. Uh, Danny Russell. Danny, thank you so much for taking the time to come on again. How are you doing? It's been a bit. Listen, that's Twitter verified. Anyways. Twitter verified. Sorry, Twitter verified. Dray's big Twitter moves. verified. Danny Russell. I had no control over that, but hey, I'll take it. Uh, hey, it's good to be back, Alex. It's good to see you and Bree. I know that uh, you said I'm a familiar face. Uh, this face for radio is really uh, <laughs> got to be appealing for your audience. No, oh, it's man, wonderful love to be it. back. Uh, I think I was on at Christmas, and so it's been it's been a hot minute. But uh, it is. It, it definitely has been a hot minute. Am I allowed to curse on this podcast? Is yeah, that yeah, that's fine. I don't care. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, he came out with the hell. Woo! And he started out with a, he started out with a bag right there. <laughs> Look, this Florida boy, that's, that's, that's a... Classic. That's, that's a, the one I use most frequently. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. uh, so, so let's start talking about the uh, Red Sox series. So obviously, uh, on our last podcast, we talked about how crazy the Labor Day game was. Rays ended up taking two out of three of the series. Hunter Renfro continues to be the bane of the Rays' existence ever since he left the team. And just, I don't get, I mean, I think he just had a, a crap season with the Rays in 2020 and then just went back to well, his well, Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. So the Labor Day series, we took two out of three. Okay. Where, what was the one that wasn't taken? What happened there? The Renfro game. No, no, well, oh, I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of Sunday. I, my brain is going back to right before Boston. No. I came into Boston thinking this is going to be a real downer because we came off of uh, a blown Pete Fairbanks opportunity, a blown save, and the loss was attributed to Andrew Kittredge. And I was like, is this the best we got? Is this going to be good vibes going into this Boston series? I was concerned. Uh, you know, it's a holiday uh, the Fenway crowd is normally pretty wild. Uh, and then I don't know what the hell happened to pull hell back out again, but uh, 11 runs in the first game and then 12 runs in the next game, uh, a wild series. But yeah, Hunter Renfro, I mean, that's what everyone wants to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, you know, you know, from 12 to one, literally just the, uh, just, just the, just the epitome uh, of brutality. I mean, in baseball, you're good if you hit 300, right? So yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I, I mean, I, I mean, I you're not going to score twelve Losing runs Losing one. Okay, so in both contexts, uh, the in both series, the Rays dropped one. Okay, I'll take two out of three. I agree. Uh, I think a, much ado is made out of the Hunter Renfro game, which is what Boston media is calling it. Uh, <laughs> and after the Hunter Renfro game, they now became nine games back in the division. Like, okay, 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Putting up double digits runs in two games in a row and then Hunter Renfro has a cannon for an arm. It's like, uh... I will say, Rays fans are so mad about Hunter Renfro, which I totally get because he's being just the worst against us. <laughs> this is true. But, but it's just texting me. He's like, I, I, I'm looking for Hunter Renfro's address. No! <laughs> Calm down. This is not necessary. And yeah. he's a really nice guy. He, he's he's an extremely nice guy if you've ever heard him. These fans are going to hate me, but I love Hunter Renfro. I did last year and I do this year, but yeah, it's been rough. But I did see a tweet today that I can't find right now, but um, it was like, like the first like 60 games of last, obviously last season was like only 60 games. And then this season, yeah. his numbers were like the same. So, oh yeah, yeah. It's like in both. It almost makes you think if we had a longer season with him, like yeah. he could have very well done this for us. It's just, I think I saw the same tweet. It's like he had a 75 WRC plus before and he had an 88 in this first 60 games. And it was more like, oh, Hunter Renfro just needed to warm up or, or some something like that. He's bad in the first half. He's good in the second half. He didn't get a second half with the Rays last year. Uh, I'm tracking with you. Yeah, that's, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. That throw was was on point. And if I'm not mistaken, Joy wasn't like he wasn't. You know, wasn't he dogging it out of the box to start, and then he finally. I, I, no, it was a perfect throw. It was a perfect throw. It was a perfect Joey, throw. Not the all star sliding into third. People want to be mad about Joey going to third on that, but honestly. That ball, when it kicked away, I mean, I feel like he should have gone to third. The Rays are up 10 in the division, and Joey wants to see if he can stretch for a third. Like, fine, be aggressive. Yeah. Like, just I mean, don't if get that's hurt. not Hunter Renfro making a perfect throw, then I mean, and he probably didn't even see Renfro get it, honestly. He probably just saw it kick away. And and in the playoff, like, it's a, let's imagine that was a playoff game. I don't think I'm mad at Joey for going for third. I want him to be aggressive. I want him to get 90 feet from home. Like, that's the whole point. You're supposed to try to score runs. And you need to put Renfro to the test and say, go ahead and try it. It was a misplayed ball in center field that Renfro picked up at the wall and fired to third. He did a good job. Also, it's nine innings, and this was one play. Like, the, there is much more baseball to complain about in that game yes. than just Hunter, Hunter Renfro doing his job. Yep, thank you. The Rays had a bad game generally. Yeah, Joey Wendell is not the person to, you know, crap all over for just trying to stretch a double into a triple. I mean, really? I mean, I, I couldn't have done it. I didn't see, well, I didn't see the play in full. What I heard was that he dogged it out of the box. Now, I don't know if that was or true or not. What I, what I, I saw, what I saw of him going to third, I liked the aggression. I mean, it was like, it was a perfect, you, you can't do anything about a perfect throw. It is what it is, but like. And it's scoring good one, practice for the playoffs. We need exactly. to be aggressive on the base pass and try to rack up that. And you can't, and you, and you usually don't win a game if you win one run. Like, like Danny said, there were eight other innings where the Rays didn't execute opportunities. So if you only score one run in a game, chances are you're probably not going to win that game. So it is what it is. But they and end the up other, again, the other two games, uh, I mean, Nelson Cruz and Colin McHugh did their thing uh, in the first game of the series, right? That was the 11 to 10. Yeah. Uh, that game is most fun for the intentional balk. Yes. <laughs> Did anyone follow that closely? That that yeah. was like we're going to balk on purpose because we want to move the base runners. Yeah, That's I don't know so how weird. I feel about that. Like, like I get what they're saying, but like, still, it's extra. Balks are dumb anyway. They should not exist. Old school baseball. Can I? Can I? Can I do this? Can I pretend? Go, go, go. Eight years old right now. Soapbox. Back go. in the day, there was a box in chalk. That was in the middle of the dirt, and that's where the pitcher had the opportunity to walk around. The Phillies used to have a guy named Fidgety Phil Collins. 
which I'm pretty sure was like a stage name for him anyway. And he would like pace around the box and you never knew when he was going to throw. And then he would turn and fire at the last second. Why is that interesting? Because he pitched for like one of the worst teams in baseball history. Like the Phillies were used to be very, very bad. And Phil Collins was like their best pitcher with a five ERA. But I love this idea of a gimmicky dude trying to do his best by like pacing the pitcher's box. And you never know when he's going to throw. I hear stories like that from whatever, the 40s, I don't know. And I just think, wow, that's entertaining. Like the whole point of baseball is we're supposed to be entertained and we're supposed to have fun. These weird situations where like, oh, well, you sort of moved your ankle and now uh, everyone gets to move a free base. And I, I could not care less about this. That The whole point of the game is you're safe if you're touching the base <laughs> like why are we complicating it to the to a Bach I don't understand yeah Bach is the son of chicken mix I don't I don't get it it's the same thing as like umpires or, or like like if an umpire thinks that like a guy leaned into a pitch or not like it's the same thing where it's like umpire's sure. discretion of stuff and it some of it just doesn't make any sense but <sighs> I just personally after hearing that story I want to see Nestor Cortez with a box to walk around in just see all the <laughs> <laughs> uh, would be great. think of the narrative I, you know who would have been great in, in a pitcher's box cc sabathia you know that dude would have been hamming it up yanking his pants up doing all <laughs> kinds of weird stuff walking around the mound and then he would strike out like 20 of the race hitters yeah but he was a menace a menace against them. but we wanted to talk about boston my bad no, it's fine. No, I mean, I mean, I, I think we pretty much got through it. Also, uh, shout out to Nelson Cruz for joining the 30 home run club. He's the oldest player in Major League Baseball history to hit 30 home runs hey. in a season, which is awesome. Cool. Trying to think. Obviously, Wander has continued his his on base streak, which is just getting to a point of insanity now. It's, up to, it's I mean, including tonight, it's up to 39, which obviously sure. he well, passed well, let's by. Let's on Nelson Cruz because this was also the series where Nelson Cruz in extra innings stretched yes. the double like uh diving into second base i have no idea why a dude in his 40s is diving you don't see tom brady like being this aggressive <laughs> running around the field this is this the is Rays best hitter and we have him in his 40s sliding into second base and and then also the, the slide game. at home off the um uh after, after just it, right and then he came back around and he slid into home yeah I, I a little grand thing too, which I mean, he yeah. didn't have to run for that, but that was still cool. He just he's got so much aggression. Like I, I think it just all came out as soon as he came to the race. He's like, oh shit, now I got to be like he was like, playing I, all I, out the moment the Rays acquired him. He was always hustling out, even his singles that he was out by a mile. Like he's always legging it out to first base. Yep. He is truly an example. He's an example to me. He inspires me to get up in the morning. <laughs> Well, and I think he's raised his average. I mean, I know that his average was like 290 coming with the raise and it's dipped, but I think his average is back up to like 275 or something like that, which is good because it was at like 260. So he's, so he's brought up, he's heating up a little bit. Obviously he's hitting home runs. He's not just hitting home runs, but he's hitting singles and doubles and putting the ball in the gap. Like, like that's important for him. And that's important sure, for the I team. Mean, that, that's an interesting point. I think in the last week, I mean, has anyone performed better than Nelson Cruz, like in all of baseball? Like he had a really strong week That's generally. Uh, interesting observation that maybe he's hitting more uh, singles and doubles. I'm going to be honest. I don't really look at batting average. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure uh, where he's at batting average wise. Well, I just think it's important that he's getting, I mean, I think today I saw he was, um, I think he hit several balls over a hundred, uh, 105 exit below. I know that, I know that one single oh, was like fun. 110. 
Um, so like he's hitting the ball hard still, and it, it looks like he's actually um, getting contact again on hard pitches. Cause I know he was swinging through a lot of pitches, getting um, striking out a lot, but I think that cast leaderboard is the best because you'll see like, okay, Nelson Cruz, 109 miles an hour off the bat <laughs> expected batting average. Right. So with the probability of that being a hit is like 0.8. So 80% of the time, this is a hit and it went straight into the shortstop's glove and you're like, come on. <laughs> Statcast can be Statcast can be very interesting and uh, can it just makes people. you more mad. It makes you, it makes it's you not more the blue upset. circles on Savant. Anything but the blue circle. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, um, so good vibes about the Red Sox series. I know bullpen. Well, I, I guess the bullpen. It was more of really just David Hess in that second game. But like the Rays just needed David Hess. Well, uh, and, and Lewis Head, right? That was the Lewis Head and David Hess. Is I that know, but, who pitched well, in the second game? Yeah, but Hess was the one who gave up the. He was the one who gave up the runs in that game to make it. Oh closer. yeah, that I mean that's garbage time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like they needed a station. guy. I'm not. Yeah, I, oh, I mean, like yeah. they needed a guy to to come in and eat innings because the bullpen has honestly been shot. Like, like they've it's been taxed. There's been a lot of guys. Who've been a lot of games pitches. where I don't think the starters went three innings on Sunday. Really? Oh, right. God. I mean, so it's well, September. So there's 10 relievers on the roster right now. If this game happened in August, that's a position player for those last two innings. Right. So that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. But good vibes coming out of the Boston series. Um, then obviously we get to the Detroit game tonight. Game one. Uh, it was good for a little bit. <laughs> and then uh, scope hit a grand slam. And then there was another three run bomb. And then four, three became 10, four. And Raise it so up, blow it. Is this going live tomorrow you know, on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your audience, if they if they're listening right away, hello, audience. Um, <laughs> you might remember Scope may or may not have been hit by a pitch and then proceeded to hit a grand slam because the umpires reviewed it and said he was not hit. Question <laughs> to y'all, Alex and Bree, was he hit by a pitch? A hundred percent. One one million percent definitely hit by the pitch. Yes, he was. The pitch came in. They're showing the side profile in slow mo as uh, Dwayne and I believe. I believe it to be. They have mentally moved on. Like this was not a hit by pitch. Which I mean, the only player who's ever gotten away with saying like, "Oh yeah, I was hit by that," and lied was like Derek Jeter, Ah, right? Because he sucked eggs. I mean, (laughs) Scope is like looking at him and pointing at his leg and like, "Dude, that hit me." And then they show the replay. In the side profile, the ball's coming in at one angle and then it passes his knee and then it's going farther up. The angle <laughs> changed upward trajectory passing his leg. Like, what are we talking about? Of course this hit him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, that was I mean, really time, you're like, oh, good. Like, they, they didn't call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People got really happy. They're like, oh, yeah, he, yeah, they didn't call it. That means we get to, you know, get a chance at him to, maybe get a double play get out of the inning literally the next pitch next goddamn pitch grand slam you i mean can't so script the, that. <laughs> the what i liked if you're looking for silver linings for me out of this game michael walker was the starter and between yes. walker and kittredge the runs that they were giving up were just mistake pitches it wasn't like mistakes general like wow this guy's just falling apart at the seams it was one pit like one change up did not break the way it was supposed to for waka home run uh kittredge the slider flattened out i'm not exactly sure what happened uh to be honest i had one of those weird moments where i kept on looking away during the replay 
So <laughs> I need to go back and watch like, what happened to the slider? Like, why was it a bad slider? I, I, I would hear it and I'd turn around and be like, no, I was doing dishes. Um, let's be honest. It's, you know, sometimes you just got to take care of stuff while the game's on. So I yeah. missed every single time I missed the slider. I never saw it. But we're recording this like live after the game. So audience, this is what you get. Um, but like it was one the rest of Kittredge's outing was fine and he has been fine and now he has a 1.5 ERA again when he had worked it under that the bases loaded you have to go immediately out of the stretch I mean it's a tough spot for anyone it it was a weird moment I mean I actually I liked Kittredge coming in then because it was more like yeah you should get these high leverage reps I mean he's definitely the one that should come in but I'm not gonna like be upset that he I mean he's been so good this year it, it was just that on the last podcast too. All star Andrew Kitchers, damn straight. I mean, it, it's just it's just a tough situation to be in, and like and uh, Bree's been Bree's been a walk of truther from the start, um, and Waka's looked really really good recently. Obviously, I knew I'd get there eventually. I knew like, I he, he's finally him. getting there. He's finally getting to the point of where he's shown that he can be a really really good starter. I don't necessarily agree, like. I don't think I personally agree with him being taken out after five. I think he could have went into the sixth. He had a low pitch count. I I would have liked to see him go out there and see what happened. But I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. In September, pulling pitchers is a lot more about health, longevity, like how much energy they have, how much are that you trying sense. to save them for. I mean, Shane McClanahan went on the injured list in quotation marks today. Yeah. Like, Carrying it, the rotation on his back, he was. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what happened for him. He's got back <laughs> tightness because he's the only dude. We should talk about how we feel about the pitching generally, but we, let's save that. Let's finish talking about the game that just happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, Waka is finally good again. And that's what good pitch. I mean, Michael Waka just hit a thousand innings pitched. Right? Yeah, congrats to Michael vet. Waka. That's crazy. It, it is crazy. I mean, Michael Waka's career is as long as Chris Archer's, right? If you If you need context for that. Michael Walker has been around a long time and good pitchers adjust. It's not that they're learning something new. They change, they adapt. Mm-hmm. You know, the way batters uh, uh, hit changes over time as well. Like pitchers have to be something new and something different. Any good race fan knows this. You've seen it out of all the dudes, uh, both the ones that stayed at the race a long time. James Shields changed over time. Dudes that have left. If you watched Blake Snell or David Price pitch right now, they are different pitchers than they were before. Heck, we mentioned CC Sabathia before. That's a dude who changed dramatically over time. Good pitchers keep pitching. And that longevity comes from their ability to change what they're doing. Charlie Morton became good because he changed what, how often he was pitching with certain pitches and re-emphasized his breaking ball and, and things like that. And he had a late career renaissance. Michael Walker, late career renaissance happening right in front of us because he eliminated a pitch. This pitch doesn't work for you anymore. The cutter. Okay. What if you just didn't use it? <laughs> okay. And now he's good again. Cool. <laughs> and then he pitched five innings and they're like, okay, dude, keep it in the tank. Okay. He's out of the game. The Rays are up nine in the division. They have the best record in the I American just, League. I, I, I don't I care. Just, uh, I, I just game. think it's funny how that works. He's just like, yeah, it doesn't work. Screw it. It's not going to throw it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's gone. Just what Marvel's what if? What if Michael Walker did not use the bad pitch? <laughs> bad pitch. Hey, well, clearly we're seeing it work in front of us. So I think that's the most important part. Uh, obviously, game Listen, wasn't great. If we're in that little wild card mess that's happening right now, we're seeing the pitching used completely differently. Yeah, sure. 100%. So, 
hundred percent. Fans are going to get mad because our starters are going to get pulled early, even for the Rays, probably just down the stretch as far as saving them, you know, hundred percent. Well, good thing is uh, G man Choi base is clearing double tonight. Nice to see him. The only one that got a hit with runners in scoring position. I think so. I think they had 11. Off the bench. Well, what about what about Joey? Joey got the RBI single, but oh yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so then two two hits with runners in scoring position. At least. Oh yeah, because there was already a run scored when uh, when G Man entered the yes. game. So yeah, fair point. Hey, G Man coming off the bench and doing G Man things is really fun. He's the best. I mean, that's got to be one of the hardest things in baseball is to come in with the bases loaded, off especially the bench. right off the IL. Yeah. So it was nice to see him approaching normal. I mean, we'll see. So much of this roster is just hurt. Yeah. It's insane that they're nine or like eight and a half, nine games up with the amount of guys that are hurt right now on this roster. Like that, there that, are 12, 12 pitchers on the 60 day injured list. That is absurd. absurd. That's like that. My laugh was like a cynical, maniacal laugh where it's like, I don't even know how that's physically possible that such things are the case, yet we're here. It's because yeah. Mr. Lord Neander. Lord Neander. Also, this is the first time that we're talking. Is he a Sith Lord? Does he He's mean a like Sith. a Darth name? Yes, he does. Did you did you see totally not totally off topic, but did you see Amy's Neander blanket she got? No, oh, no, she, I didn't. The meme of him like on the painting, she uh-huh. got a so. Oh God, blessed, praise be. <laughs> well. Well, Eric Neander, this is the first time that we're talking I, I, you about. You know what? We need we're so uh, so Neander recently got promoted. Yes, exactly. Contract so Eric extension. Eric Neander has been, uh, yeah, he got added a contract extension and he got given the title of president of baseball operations. I had the opportunity to talk to him about this um, uh, twice, once on the press conference, and it. Uh, in the in the or not press conference i mean it's a presser it's a it's a media scrum but it's on zoom i you know what what is it's the pandemic happening it's kind of weird but i asked if um his new contract just had unlimited quarter zip pullovers yes you were the one uh, written into it (laughs) and then uh matt silverman loved that joke because he's always wearing that he's it's like his uniform he always has the quarter zip (laughs) over like a button up too (laughs) yeah but it's like in in 50 colors like i don't he's got like every single possible he's a legend color combination and it'll be like a nike one an under armor one a majestic one i'm like how are you procuring these and so uh, he just I, finds them. Don't ask. I, just... I mean, I brought it up. On, like, is it just a limited supply on the contract? And uh, Silverman is like clapping. And he's, like that needs the next raise giveaway needs to be a Neander bobblehead. And now we know he needs to be in the quarter zip pullover. I suggested to be a section of the team store that just has the Neander line. Uh, very common in uh, European uh, football that at what the manager wears, they will market. So, oh. uh, you know, if the manager likes wearing like a certain kind of like baseball cap with the team logo on it, uh, you know, this season he's wearing a black hat and we market it as like the manager's hat. Like we should have that kind of stuff for baseball. Why not? Why can't I have a, a GM pull or I guess president of baseball operations pullover? Like, I feel like there should be the Neander collection. Yeah. I mean, like I tweeted this and I was only half joking, but I said the Rays are paying one of their stars. I mean, he actually kind of is like... Fans love him. Like he's great. Neander's he's the best. Baseball, probably more than half of the players. I mean, I love it. 
love everything about it. He fits in so and and isn't he? He's only like 38, 39, right? Am I crazy in saying that? Like Let's he's see, younger he than Nelson. Intern in 07, so I don't know. Like he's, he's not 40. Yeah, he's like younger than Nelson Cruz, which is insane to think about. <laughs> <laughs> just just like think about that. Like I mean, like the who, president of baseball ops on the I, I know, but like the president of baseball ops on the damn team is older or is, is younger than one of the players that he currently oversees, which is just an well, insane. Well, may he thought. be uh the Rays president of baseball operations until he's older than Nelson Cruz. I had I had a couple more questions about that. I don't know if you guys know the answer, but why have we not seen like when his contract is extended through like how many years? I mean, like that's, they're not going to talk about it. That's just like you could ask, but like there's no, there's no like pressure from the media. Give to us it. These questions. <laughs> yeah, like when do I need to start being worried again? Like, I don't know. But um, what else? Was there were zero questions about the details of his contract other than my quarter zip question. None. Yeah, our media <laughs> environment is so cozy. Like, no one is gonna try to ruffle feathers. No one's gonna ask quite Like, if, if someone's potentially upset by a question, it's like, "Hey, I'm sorry, it's from a story." And like, people apologize for their questions, but it's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I need to ask you this, but it looked like you got hurt on that play." And then you know, uh, so uh, the wander one happened right before uh, we jumped on this Zoom. And yeah, like, dude, I mean, dude's just staring off into the distance, like. Yeah. Like he, he's clearly upset that he's hurt and people are like i um, mark topkins like i'm sorry that i have to ask this question yeah <laughs> that's the that's the the way it's like it's presented. so like, weird yeah. love that it's so oh. unique if this was boston people would be like so you're hurt again huh <laughs> how does it feel to know that you've been contributing so much and now you're gone like does that suck does it suck a lot <laughs> what breathe Bray, like, just Bray, just go up there. I mean, just go work for the Boston Globe. You're perfect. Yeah, I'd fit right in. Yeah, Mass exactly. Live. <laughs> yeah, but my other question was, I saw something. So I guess they are going to look for a GM still, like in the winter. Yeah, maybe. I asked to, uh, actually, uh, I asked Andrew about this too. Um, they're not filling the position immediately. Mm -hmm. So there's no plan, quote unquote, to fill it right now. So what does that mean for the Rays? The Rays shop frequently sends talent to other teams because there's no promotion opportunities. Yeah. So maybe that carves out a space for someone to move up within the organization. That's right. um, you know, it's hard to pinpoint who that might be. Uh, honestly, uh, Bendix comes to mind, but he's pretty young too. <laughs> Like, you, uh, how often do you have a GM that's like, I don't know how Pete Bendix is, 32? I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, so that would Lord. be extremely young as well. Uh, but, you know, there were some media whispers, like maybe Bendix is in, in contention, uh, like on the periphery, like dark horse candidates when the Houston job came open and they took James Click, which is a different race executive. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's within the realm of possibility. So, um you know, I'd be interested to know if like Bendix is in consideration for that. Um, you never really know what's going on behind the scenes too, because other teams call the Rays and be like, can I talk to X person? And if it's a promotion, generally the contracts will say like, you can't be denied a promotion. Yeah. So what's interesting is, so Heim Bloom to go to the Red Sox had to become chief baseball officer or whatever, mm -hmm. because he was already like a vice president or, or however that worked. Um, you know, the Mets can no longer call Eric Neander because he is a president. Okay. So the so only that's what step I was up, wondering. So was right, that the old, in part to protect him from other teams? 
Like, it's gotta be. It's like, gotta be. A position for him if they needed him. It wasn't gonna be People that stupid to, to go to the Mets. When, uh, when the question was asked, uh, well, yeah, no one's going to the Mets. Yeah, uh, no one good is going to the Mets. At this Damn point. straight. <laughs> no one wants to have an owner like that. And I mean, if you're if you're Neander from your perspective, like the revenue streams are with the R, but I, I think he personally has a great relationship with the owner, right? And that's why he chooses to stay. And there's there's different ways to look at whether or not you like an owner. And one is, do I have a lot of payroll? uh and then one is like is my family well supported you know and those are two different questions and do i like my job and so uh that's a different conversation for a different time uh when neander was pressured about like oh is are you getting promoted now because other teams were calling and he's like i'm getting promoted now to provide stability and clarity for the organization so that when the off season comes people know that i'm here to stay yeah and they also understand like what the structure is and know that there's a gm opening is the unsaid thing there right uh, so there's almost a carrot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wonder, could the Rays try to poach someone from outside the organization to come in and fill that GM role? Because they're so used to getting poached from, I think it'd be cool if they use that GM opening. You know, there's no immediate successor being named. Yeah. So it's within the realm of possibility that the Rays then try to grab someone else who's interesting um, that's maybe at a director level that they want to grab the knowledge from that organization. So we'll see what happens there. Oh, that would be very interesting to know. That would be extremely interesting. Um, mm-hmm. But I, uh, I, but I think to we'll answer see. the question, no, I don't know when Neander's contract is up. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed as much, but I just thought it was interesting. They're like, he's extended. I'm like, okay, great. When? <laughs> I mean, I am too now. Oh, okay, that was that was inappropriate. <laughs> well, um, I think we are right now. We're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we'll be right back. I know we're going to talk about some pitching. We're going to probably talk about the rest of the Red. Uh, sorry, not the Red Sox series. <laughs> the rest of the Detroit series and other things going on in baseball in this latest episode of Raise the Roof. Raise the Roof is partnered with Smack Apparel to help you talk the talk with your favorite sports teams. They have fantastic designs with great comfort at great prices. Tampa Bay sports fans, they have you covered with great Rays, Bucks, and Lightning gear, some that you might have even seen players wear. Raise the Roof listeners, we have a special deal just for you. Go to our affiliate link under the bio of our Twitter account to purchase your own Smack Apparel wear, and you'll be helping us out in the process. Thanks to Smack Apparel again for supporting Raise the Roof. Smack Apparel, talking the talk since 1998. And we're back on this latest episode of Raise the Roof. So Danny wanted to talk about, and I think Bree and I wanted to talk about the Rays pitching staff and the pitching rotation, all that stuff, obviously in their current state right now and leading up to what might happen in the postseason. So Danny, what what sort of stuff, like like how do you want to, uh, I guess, how, how do we want Let's to talk about Let's start with starting this? pitching. Okay, so starting okay. pitching is interesting right now. It very- um, it's, well, so a, if Shane were here, mm-hmm. um, the off day is Shane right now. So we've got a ghost man on third, if you will. Plans it's a six man rules? rotation right now. Sorry, what? I said, I said playing some wiffle ball rules, ghost man on third. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a big taking back Sunday fan. Um, <laughs> that joke is really old. Hold on. How old are you guys? I oh, I no didn't idea. get that joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so taking think- back Sunday was a band that existed when I was in high school and they had a really good song called ghost man on third, but for hundred percent, it's a, it's a wiffle ball rules. Um, but I don't want to be throwing uh, mid two thousand references out there if I'm. We just had Courtney on here, so he he had a couple that were. And everyone's just like crickets. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love Steve; he's the best. Yeah. Okay, so we six man rotation right now. Um, ace of the staff, obviously Ryan Yarbrough. 
uh, anchoring a six-man rotation that includes rookie Shane McClanahan, rookie Drew Rasmussen, and rookie Luis Patino. Uh, and then we exactly what in. the race drew up at the start of the season, just yes. precisely then, on the drawing board. And then you got Michael Walker and Chris Archer. Uh, Chris Archer also a ghost at this point. I who are you most uh, confident is, in of any of those guys? I mean McClanahan, right? Well, now he's hurt. Hurt? Quotation marks. Um, I think I'm most confident in Mr. Four Innings, Drew Rasmussen. I agree. I agree. Right now, I was just about to say Drew. I don't know if you were going to say him, but I was just about to say him. I mean, Michael Walker's had a good run, so we'll see uh, what the new version of Michael Walker looks like uh, because he's kind of pitching himself into the playoff conversation. But Drew Rasmussen, I mean, the Rays... That was one of two dudes that the Rays acquired at the trade deadline. And they were like, we're going to pick up this pitcher and we're going to stretch him out uh, because we think we have something really great here. The other one being, um, oh boy, I'm going to say it wrong. Fauche? He's in AAA now. He just got promoted he's recently. Been doing well. I saw that. He's, he's been doing very well. The Rays, uh, that was one of those where like the computer says we should acquire this guy. So we will. <laughs> And then uh, they they say, you should do this thing different with your pitch and this thing different with this other pitch. And they completely reinvent him and say, oh, by the way, you're a starter now. And they just create something new. Shane McClanahan, same thing. The computer says you should do this with your slider. Suddenly he has a brand new pitch. He takes his best pitch, makes a new pitch. It's even better. And now Shane McClanahan is the true anchor of the regular rotation, regular season rotation raise. I mean, so it's a six-man rotation for health reasons. Drew Rasmussen, of course, being the one most vocal about this, like, hey, super appreciative to be at this franchise who gives me an extra day of rest, right? <laughs> Drew needs an extra day of rest because he's not used to being a starter. Good news in the playoffs, like every day is bullpen day. So if you're thinking about like, is this a playoff rotation? I would actually, I mean, question to you guys, what, who, what is your playoff rotation for a five or seven game series. Yeah, I think that, Brie, Brie, didn't we just discuss this or like try to think about- We absolutely about... did, do it again. I, I have not listened to every single- No, 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 I wasn't, no, I wasn't trying to flame you on it. I was just trying to like rethink yep. about who it was again. Flame me, okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not flaming. I still have Yarbs in there. I'm sorry, yeah. I do. I have- Game four, sure. I have Drew, I think I had, I might've had Drew, I had- uh, As your number one? No, no, no. I had Shane as my number one. Good. And then That's right. I, I think I had Waka towards the back. I had Yards. Well, so Waka the- pitching him into the conversation is the breath of fresh air that I'm trying to land on because yeah. he just pitched today. He had a decent game. Um, yeah. If I he did can not give you that in the postseason, Waka great. to be in this conversation in July. I, I agree. Right. I agree. Also, so, good news Red Sox just lost. So, Razor back to nine games up, 12. <laughs> I'll tell you who I don't want in there. This is an unpopular opinion that I've had. I don't Ooh. want Patino in there. Ooh, tell me more. I don't know. I just, I don't see it. It's like. Uh, Brie, oh. don't, don't back it up with, I don't know. Come on. <laughs> okay. Listen, I don't have any numbers in front of me, but. That's fine. He reminds me of Waka earlier in the season because, I mean, obviously Patino's stuff is like really good and I fully expect him to be like a frontline starter eventually. I just don't think that's right now. Um. He'll have like a great game and then he'll just have a bad game or how he'll have two great games. It's like, oh, like, look how, it, I don't know. It's just flashes of greatness. He's, and then, He's like, too inconsistent for you, basically? Yeah. Okay. And I don't know. And I mean, you can do that in the postseason because like you were saying, every day is bullpen day. So it works. But my thing then is, I, I think he's going to be useful, but why would you not just have him come in for two to three innings as a bolt guy? 
you know? Alex, how do you feel about Luis Patino? I I would like to see how he would factor in a postseason rotation. I think giving him at least a start to see how he does and how he oh, I don't deals doubt. with he the added pressure. Get it open or something. Yeah, yeah. If they want, like, I think the best way to implement him, I don't know if it would to be in like a traditional starter thing. I think it would to be in something like what Rasmussen is right now, which is like yeah. that three to four inning role. Well, so, okay. So first time through the order, Luis Patino's got like a four ERA. Second time through the order, he's got like a six ERA. <laughs> you know, it, it most of the time, it's not working out super well for him. And very rarely does he make it to the third time through the order. If you were to look up that split, He's great third time through the order because that's the days he was doing really special, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that important split is first and second. So if if Luis Patino is starting in the playoffs, I think you're fine if you're willing to use him for just a, the first time or even behind an opener. I don't. Uh, that's so individual specific. Yeah. Whether or not like the Rays have I'm kind of moved see. away from the opener this season because. They're already kind of playing with fire by trying to stretch these dudes out and rush them into the majors. There's a lot going on with the pitching staff. (laughs) Yeah. So it's just kind of weird generally. So uh, from a starting rotation perspective, I don't have a problem with first time through the order Patino. That's my point. Yeah. I don't mind that. I mean, just like, I'm thinking like more traditional wise, I don't want him in like anywhere near a traditional role. I agree but can he relieve right I think it's worth asking the question like how much does he have in the tank if he knows he's only throwing three innings or or nine outs or, or something like that that's that's a good uh, point because may, I mean also adrenaline's going to be up anyway so maybe you're throwing a little harder and maybe it's just a, a more interesting proposition so I like him for a few batters yeah. but uh, I don't know if he can relieve if he can and it's not a problem like sure I wish the race had an opportunity coming up to try him out of the bullpen uh, in the same way, it would have been fun to see. I don't know if Shane Boz is coming. Um, that's kind of like open question. The Rays pitching staff is kind of overloaded anyway. You'd have to make some choices about even maybe DFAing some guys to fit him in. Yeah. But, um, you know, Patino would be an interesting X factor out of the bullpen. Yeah. What do you think about Honeywell? I mean, I know he hasn't been great down there, but like, what do you, I mean, even just in the future, not even just postseason, but do you see him contributing? And in what capacity? Honeywell needs to refine his fastball. And that's a sucky statement. So to explain that a little bit more, like he came off his uh, litany of injuries that he had. And the thing that establishes all of your off-speed and breaking pitches is the fastball. Mm -hmm. And the fastball just isn't at where it was before. And that's not unique to Honeywell. A lot of pitchers coming off injury are not the same pitcher that they were. According to reports out of Durham, or maybe what you saw tonight out of Pete Fairbanks, a lot of pitchers come off of injury and their fastball is not exactly what it what you remember it was or what it was when they were elite, right? Nick Anderson is potentially rejoining the Rays here shortly. I would not expect Nick Anderson to come back. It's someone who sure looks like Nick Anderson and is maybe uh, still like a high leverage pitcher in the same way David Robertson is a high leverage pitcher. Uh, But I would not expect Nick Anderson to come back as being one of the best relievers in baseball because coming off of a dramatic injury, it's hard to reestablish your fastball. So Honeywell needs to establish like I have a very good effing fastball and I can pitch off of it to make everything else work. Honeywell, um, according to reports that I've seen, is getting by by uh, junk balling it and like having all of this stuff going and really 
messing with AAA hitters. I don't think that flies at the major league level. And so um, for Honeywell to take that next step, according to reports that I've heard and people I've spoken to, um, there is still um, some progression to be made on his fastball specifically. Gotcha. So you think he's only a factor in postseason if there's like injuries? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So if we're really talking that way, yeah. But I mean, like the Rays seem committed to like Adam Conley right now. So I don't effing know what their <laughs> priorities are for the bullpen. Anything could happen. Is I, I am struck by a lack of confidence in this bullpen. Like we've reached September and there's been so many injuries. I mean, going down the list, starting at the top, Andrew Kittredge has basically two losses this week, mm -hmm. right? Uh, because of the Grand Slam allowed tonight. And then the Sunday game uh, that we mentioned at the top of the pod. Yes, I know he was an all-star, but he's also Andrew Kittredge still. Uh, Pete Fairbanks coming off of injury. He had like, what, four outings that were atrocious mid-year and that kind of messed with his stats. Yeah. Uh, but he's, I mean, fastball. Is he back yet? Like, I'm not convinced Pete Fairbanks is back yet. He also had a weird night, too. Let's let's make this a special situation. The mound, uh, there was mud on the mound where he plants his foot, and his delivery involves, like, this weird, like, turn he does with his body when he plants his foot. I don't know if you were looking for it after they had the mound, uh, kind of, they come out and they tamp it back in and they add more dirt. The way he pitches is when he plants on his foot, he, when he spins around, some dudes plant on their foot and they just kind of turn with their hips and other dudes plant on their foot and then they spin out of it. Like they physically leave where they were before and go to a new place. Pete Fairbanks is somewhere in between those two things. So he plants on his foot and then kind of spins in place. <laughs> like he's a flamingo dancing or something like that. I'm not exactly sure what to make of it. Uh, but so he lands on his foot pointed toward home plate. And then he kind of like scoots. <laughs> his planted foot spins a little bit. And when the mound was muddy, he planted his foot and then it didn't move. Right. And so he was worried he was going to hurt himself. So was Pete Fairbanks pitching at his best tonight? No. Yeah. He was in crappy conditions on the road in one of the worst ballparks to pitch in. Or actually, that's not true. It's a great ballpark to pitch in. It's massive. Uh, I meant that more like it sucks to be in Detroit. As someone who's yeah. visited Detroit, it, Detroit sucks. Um, Colin McHugh, great pitcher. Love you, dude. Coming off of injury. Uh, David Robertson was in the Olympics. Uh, he was not on a major league team. Let's go. Silver up. medalist. Give him, give him the respect he deserves. 12-year uh, veteran David Robertson. I don't yeah. know who's got the chain. JT Chargois. <laughs> It, I, I mean, is he going to be good? <laughs> I am not sure. Adam Conley uh, was off of the scrap heap and Lord knows what they're getting out of him, but the Rays needed somebody who pitched left-handed and they were like, you're a warm body. Uh, JP Fireisen, clearly not uh, uh, what he was when the Rays acquired him. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, why is that? Is that uh, is it injury related? Is it because MLB changed the rules on the substances on the ball? He's one of those guys that like, I don't know why he is the way he is now, but he's not who he was when the Rays required him. So I, I'm not sure what to make of JP Fireisen. Now we've made it down the list to Sean Armstrong. So there's a problem. And also Lewis Head. Lu yeah, Lewis Head. Probably one of their best. I mean, talk about going down the list. He's good, but we don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... Dietrich ends is around. Uh, I think he's interesting. Chris, Chris Maza. No. I know that he's back uh, at AAA. Yeah, Maza ball is still a thing that exists. Chris Maza um, experience. Uh, Nick Anderson's coming back. I mean, Whistler might be undone. For me personally, this bullpen is a nightmare. I trust Andrew Kittredge. 
That's so end, weak. End of list. Compared to last I mean, year, this is this is strange. Well, this it, is a really it's, weird time. It's, it's frustrating because I believe they're like statistically the second best bullpen in baseball or something ridiculous. But that's interesting. I know, but like like you said, I kind of agree. Like, there's nobody I'm like a hundred percent confident except for Kittredge, who has had a rough week. And you're wondering, is that like obviously hasn't been in great situations, but how do you make sure that that kind of stops? You know, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. I would just hate for the fatigue thing and like Anderson 2.0 to happen to anybody. I mean, is Anderson 3.0 going to be any good? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick Anderson already wrecked one postseason for us. So I don't, I don't, I don't yep. know. I don't know what's going to happen. I trust nobody. I trust nothing. I trust the offense. I trust I'm the glad offense that so- is going to put up 11 or 12 runs and then the bullpen doesn't really matter anymore. And you just move on with your life. I'm glad yeah, that I mean, someone else is on board with me about the Anderson wrecking the postseason thing. <laughs> oh yeah, I agree. But no, so so uh, was the issue pulling Blake Snow in the playoffs? No, the bigger issue is pulling Blake Snow to bring in injured Nick Anderson. Yep, to bring in injured Nick Anderson who didn't inform anyone that he was injured. Yes, that's the biggest thing. Inform someone if you're hurt. But here's the other thing: like the eye test tells you <laughs> that Nick Anderson is not himself. So I. I st- struggle with um people not knowing that nick anderson was hurt because yeah. i mean if if you I mean, ask my, my if my four-year-old doesn't tell me that she's hurt i figure it out it's pretty quickly yeah i mean if you have him saying like oh yeah i'm fine i just need to like do x and y and z and i'll be good and i don't know <laughs> not good i don't know what happened but either way well <laughs> yeah so i i am troubled by the pitching situation i am excited about the idea of a spaghetti approach to the playoffs and we have the rest of the uh, so what did I mean by that? Uh, you just throw spaghetti at the wall to see if it's done, right? <laughs> so you throw it and see what that. sticks. <laughs> yeah. No, you've never heard throw it at the wall and see what sticks. Oh, you've I've never heard. heard. I didn't know reference spaghetti, but that's what it's referring to. <laughs> I did not know that. Yes, yeah, I had no idea it was being thrown. Is, at the wall. is it not referring to spaghetti? I don't know. Teach don't me know. something. I just didn't know. What other was. thing could you throw at the wall to see if it sticks? I didn't know that the A spaghetti. Pie. Stuck. You could throw a pie. I don't like the pie answer, but I appreciate the ingenuity. (laughs) I think that was a TikTok. Someone was like, "Oh, you threw a pie at the wall. See if it sticks." Then he just takes a pie and he just throws at cabinets. Okay, so in full disclosure, I'm I'm 32. I don't understand TikTok. I don't either, and I'm 22. So I don't understand. Okay, cool, cool. I just I don't get it. I don't understand. I I understand. It is what it is. On there, like. I, when I, I do happen to have TikTok and the algorithm already knows, like, all I want to see is like magic tricks. <laughs> like I open it, it up and there's just like black magic fuckery. Like it's just people it. doing things with rope and like balls under cups and stuff. Hey, there's nothing like, wrong Whoa! with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's cool. The algorithm already understands that. Like I open that to be like, oh, that was cool. And then <laughs> move on with my life. Well, it, it TikTok is what it is. I, I try not to understand it. I just let it happen. It's just, yeah. it is That's what it is. Win. But for That's me, like back to the pitching thing. <laughs> <We're not laughs> there, Speaking but... of black magic fuckery, the Rays bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Great segue. That was beautiful. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I don't know. This week, I know it's been a lot of weird situations, but this week, this whole season, this week is the first time I've genuinely been this concerned about the pitching staff. Sure. So, I don't know. It's taken a while. 
yeah just well, I, don't know. I guess i guess we'll see what happens as the season goes on which like, is i believe be... they have the arms to cover innings <laughs> i guess time will continue <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what uh, i usually keeps say on turning no that's what i, I usually suppose say. that's what's next for me as i go to bed and i wake up tomorrow <laughs> honestly that's what i say i'm just like yep it is we'll see what happens obviously tomorrow is a different day than today <laughs> oh my god stop it <laughs> the pain i'm feeling i've literally tried so hard to not say obviously this entire i'm so proud of you right now i've, I've noticed a difference i will say because i've been looking out for it now yeah same thing that was when we were talking with sean mernon who is the play-by-play announcer for the hot rods he mm-hmm. said that he doesn't like saying um or uh or when he tries to speak he tries to prevent those things and then he did that and he was like oh now i said it again now i'm gonna think about it when i'm saying it so it clearly works if someone points it out or if you point it out on your own do you have a pet peeve when announcers are talking and you're like you shouldn't say that like i was watching uh, oh like, like chris collins thursday yeah. Well, yeah so we had a great off day uh so here's a guy <laughs> well so that's one of them uh i don't mind that one as much the one that it's uh, so really funny bothers though. me is oh that catch was unbelievable was it unbelievable <laughs> because it literally happened seconds ago and you're recapping <laughs> the play i think you can believe it i don't think you know what the word unbelievable means <laughs> And it was dropped like five times on that broadcast. I was like, stop saying The anger that you have for this is so funny. <laughs> it's, it's not a word you should use. Wait, it's do, wait, do we want to talk- because it literally just happened. Hey, wait, do we, wait, do we want to do a quick Bucks, Bucks Cowboys recap? Bucks won? Shout I mean, out to yeah, Ryan so Never up. a doubt. Never a doubt. Did, did either of you doubt? No. No, it's, no, it's Tom Brady. Why would you? Of course not. You gave no. Actually, sorry, sorry. It was actually Ryan Suckup. I never doubted Ryan Suckup. Just the legend, the legend of the boot uh, of the boot. Even though I'm not necessarily a Bucks fan, I just kind of wanted to. Hey, Alex, guess what? I was rooting for Team Ten. What? He's on my fantasy team. Oh my God! Stop with the fantasy. (laughs) No, that's great. I, I, Bree, tell me your draft. I want to know. Listen, I've never done this before, and I don't know. You've never done a fantasy draft. No, I fancy baseball. This is my first year doing it, which by the way, Danny, I have two teams that are like 20 and one right now, or however many weeks it is. I have one loss on two. He's going wild. Oh my gosh. Let's see. Okay. Here. Look wild. 20 and one, 20 and one, 19 and two and 17 and four is my worst team. I hope you have money on the line. I don't, which is the worst. Uh, Bree's doing this for put in a good word to Eric. So what's, so what's your fantasy team, and then we'll go pick a player to end this. To end this, uh, we'll go pick a player to end this Detroit series and wrap this All thing right. up. I, I have two. Do you want Team Herb's the word or Team Dangerous Dasani? Uh, I, I appreciate this. Uh, I just want to throw out there: my team is called Fully Maxinated for Mac Jones. That's, that's uh, mine. I'm not going to say mine. It's, <laughs> it's 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 not a good one. Alex I was like, mine's called obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no mine is i'm not gonna mine was made last year and it's not good and and i never changed it and i regret it i'll tell you guys after dear listener um uh, so the commercial break uh we did have a, a brie and i had a nice little rose session on alex for saying obviously like five times in the first half so that's where the jokes are coming from uh brie tell me uh your fantasy team let's do this okay. this is dangerous dasani it's the bigger league but i got okay Joe that's the one i want to hear joe burrow as joe my D. quarterback like it sure i mean i don't know i like i i like joey b i you think guys that, can judge my fantasy team i like i like i mean joey the over under in vegas for Bengals wins right now is like 9.5 like the yeah. Bengals should be decent i will say i, I like had the joey second, 
I had the second pick in this draft. Okay. So you running my, backs. My running back, I got McCaffrey. Okay. Good pick. I heard he's good. Don't know anything about Christian him. Christian McCaffrey's good. Great. Uh Gibson from Washington. Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Sure. He's a good back. Like that right. pick. Ridley from Calvin Atlanta. Ridley. That's good wide receiver. He'll be the number one this year. Oh, I got I got CeeDee Lamb, so I was watching that game and every time they caught it, I was like, no, yes. But you talk passed. about a roller coaster. You want to talk about the Bucks Cowboys game. I, I can't imagine being like CeeDee Lamb's family. Like you're just watching that game and you're like, yay, no, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, my tight end is Andrews from Baltimore. Mark Andrews, sure. I like that. Great. And then I have my flex is Henderson from the Rams running back. Don't know. Yeah, Daryl Henderson. So he's probably not number one for them because they acquired Sony Michelle, but that's he's gonna I get touches. Know. He's he he'll get a lot of touches for him. Don't know who he is. I have the Dolphins defense and as my kicker. Not bad. So that's my starting group I right like now. It. I have Jameis on the bench. Oh god. <laughs> thirty for thirty. Yeah. <laughs> interceptions you mean yeah he should get a 30 for 30 about that first man ever i mean that's oh. a legendary career one of my players tore his acl in practice this week so that oh was good. god wait is that oh, gus, gus? Edwards or that's why Roberts? that's why your flex is henderson yeah that, okay. that is i'm understanding gus the bus okay so how how many uh how many teams are in this league um 12 let's see uh all right we we yes, should 12. move on we got 12 we should be uh, right, That's a right. decent team. I don't think you're winning your league. All right, Alex, uh, uh, you wanted to yes, pick a pod. player. Pick a player for this series. Okay. Danny, starting with you, what player are you going to pick? So the 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 full prompt here is a player I want to see do well or that I think will do well. You can do one of each. Either just just uh, go at it. Say lovey. So my my player I'm thinking about this week is Joey Wendell. I think he's kind of in a, a slump a little bit. He's getting inconsistent playing time right now. That's not as much as he was playing earlier in the year. Um, you know, that's why uh, part of the reason why I was pumped that he was legging out that triple. I think Joey Wendell uh, is again going to have an important role in the playoffs in the same way that he basically worked Yoshi Sitsugo out of a job. Uh, by taking over his position once the playoffs hit and became the third baseman. I think there's a non-zero chance that happens again and the Rays trust in Joey. So the time has come for Joey to heat up and uh, I want to see him get into playoff form. So I'm watching him this series. I want to see Joey get some reps uh, and I want to see him do well. He did well tonight, so. I like it. All right, Bree. All right. I don't even know if he's going to be activated tomorrow. So this could be a throwaway pick, but Randy. Nick Anderson. Oh, I thought you were going to say Nick Anderson. <laughs> I'm going Randy. I'm like you. My expectations for Nick Anderson are very low. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I would like to see Randy come back. I don't know if he's coming back tomorrow, Sunday, or just not. This Players week. should get more time on the paternity leave. It's I, like, hey, you had a kid. Enjoy these 36 hours. Yeah. So I don't know. But Randy's got that dad strength coming through whenever he's back. So I'll Dad take power that. is a big thing. Yeah. And I, I mean, also want to yeah. give a bone to the person I bully on this podcast. That is not Austin Meadows. The other person I bully on this podcast who is Luis Patino, because last time I was mean to him, he did well. So I would like to let's do it again. Well. I don't the want trend. him to fail, but he keeps doing it. Let's, let's so. do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. <laughs> the bullying must, the bullying must persist. He's a year younger I'm... than me too. So it's like, you know? L- Luis Patino takes him out of Brie is like, oh, bless your heart. Yeah, bless your well, heart. 
so mine are, of course, Bilal. I need him to pick back up. He didn't have the greatest of games today. Hoping he has a good series against Detroit. Classic Bilal. Classic Bilal moments. My other guy is going to be, let's go with Yandi. I'll go with Yandi. I feel like I've forgotten about him recently. I don't know. He's always there. He's just, he's, he's young. He got like a hit or something recently. I was like, oh yeah. So, so in the same way, I have high hopes for Joey Wendell to get into playoff form. The same goes for Brandon Lau, who disappeared in the final month and then into the playoffs yeah, last year. I know. Uh, if, if that happens, Brandon Lau's on my list. I love him to death. He's I mean, yes, I, I am quite the Brandon Lau fan. I am a big fan of any dude who's like 5'9 or 5'10 who can hit 500-foot home runs. Like, that's hilarious. Like, there's a meeting at the mound, and I'm like, who? what staff member came out? Who's that? Oh, it's Brandon Lau. The little guy's Brandon Lau. Oh, my bad, my bad. Elf on the shelf, Brandon Lau. Right, I'm like, did Jay Money come out to the mound? No, that's <laughs> Um. So it, uh, Brandon Lau, hilarious. Like, I love that he exists. I love that the Rays trusted him early and gave him a big contract. They were like, dude, we want you to be here to stay. I love He's it. having to learn new positions. But last year, dude forgot how to hit a breaking ball in the playoffs. And it was pretty inexcusable for the Rays, like, yeah. top hitter he, to just he disappear. Needs to, he, needs to, he, he needs to do much better things. That needs to not happen again. If that happens again, I will book a flight and come to St. Pete and pack his bags. Myself. I like that. Like, Brandon Lau needs to be in you and me and side that, by side. Is, I like that. This is the fan version. This is the this is not reporter verified check mark Danny Russell. This this is Tampa Bay Race fan Danny, Danny Russell. Russell unfiltered. Like, My <laughs> guy, you need to be able to hit a breaking ball. So yeah, sure. Brandon Lau. Love Let's it. go, dog. Bree, uh yeah. quick pitching matchups for this series. Do you have them up? I don't, and my phone is dead. Okay. But I, well, oh, we have Casey Mize tomorrow versus our team. Oh yeah, and then and then Tariq Scooball, I believe, on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Versus Patino. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I know. All right. What a baseball right. thing. Well, Danny, quickly, uh, where can thank you so much for coming on? Where can people find all of your stuff on social media and D Rays Bay? Oh shoot. Um, so the website's D Rays Bay, D R A Y S B A Way. B A Y. Uh, it's not b-a-e it's b-a-y all right d-ray's bay and um that's that's where it all happens i spend most of my uh time behind the scenes i'm also an editor uh so frequently working with people on developing work um and and getting it live Uh, so it's not always my words on the screen but uh, i'm there i'm also on twitter at d underscore r-u-s-s d russ um, one of my many college nicknames alongside uh, White Lightning and Splinter Cell. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you, Danny, so much for coming on. Uh, and for everyone listening, thanks so much for taking the time to listen. You guys already heard uh, socials, Raise the Roof TV, Raise the Roof Twitch, Raise the Roof on YouTube, Raise the Roof TV.com, all that good stuff. Make sure to continue to follow us on the podcast and all that. So, with all that being said, thanks so much for listening. And as always, raise up. Obviously. And no haters. What? No. Yes. No gators. <laughs>